praise, give him praise, give him praise. He's all worthy of it, amen? We give him praise, come on. With our songs, I searched the world, that's right. But it couldn't fail me. You sing it with me today, amen? Man's empty praise, the treasures that fail. came along and put me back together. Every desire is now satisfied here in your love. Oh, there's nothing
today.
Hallelujah means praise the Lord. Give him praise and say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. For those of you watching online, 
And those of you here in the sanctuary, might you truly experience this overwhelming power. Father, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We come with gratitude, Lord. Overflowing thanksgiving in our heart for all the things you are doing and all the things you have done. Father God, we just continue to pray, Father God, for a move of your spirit to impact, Lord God, lives, to impact the lost, that, Father, people might come to know Jesus today, that people might get closer to you, rededicate their life to you. We pray for healing in marriages, marriages that are struggling, some that are ready to give up. Father God, I pray they give it up completely over to you. And that then you, Lord, revive, revive, revive what has been lost. Father God, I pray that love and forgiveness could be experienced in their home. Father God, I pray for the children, especially those that just started school and those that are starting this week. Father God, we pray a hedge of protection around them. We're so sick and tired of the violence in our city. God, we're praying that, Lord, you're going to protect our children and the staff, the teachers, the support staff, and watch over the parents. That we're not going to hear of one violent act on campus this year. No guns on campus, no shootings, no murders. God, we're going to have a really good year, whether it's elementary all the way up to high school and even college. Father God, be with our students. Protect them and shield them. Let them make really amazing friends. Keep them away from anyone that would bring them harm or destruction. Dry up that road. Close that path. And Father God, we just pray, Lord God, for the sick, that you heal them, restore their health. We pray for anyone that's lacking, that Lord, you would be the God of abundance for them. And we pray these things and many, many other things. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our King. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Continue to worship. So I throw up my head, praise you again and can sing gift of worship. Amen, church? Are we so thankful for that, Lord? We say hallelujah to our King. Amen? Welcome to service, church. Why don't we greet one another in Jesus' name?
Good morning, my family. Here we are once again right in his presence, right in amongst one of you, each one of us together with you. We want to welcome you into the house of God. Um, also want to welcome those that are watching uh, from home. Why don't we welcome them into this house as well? On our live stream, they most definitely are checking in. The last weekend, right, this is back to school weekend as we're tax-free weekend, so hopefully you guys are taking advantage of some of those offers that they have for you. Uh, church, my name is Michael Romero. I am your worship and arts pastor here at New Beginnings Church. And I am Chris Camarasa. I serve in the youth department uh, right. here at New Beginnings as well. Hey, man. Hey, uh, why don't we give it up for our young people, amen? That's right. Young people. I feel old. I feel old. Hey, it could be, you could be me saying young people. One day, one day, maybe one day. <laughs> hey, church, look, we, we want to we thank the Lord and thank each one of you uh, who participated and who helped, uh, even through prayer, which I'm, I'm hoping it was the vast majority of us, right? I'm sure it was, that prayed for such an amazing event for under his construction yesterday and their ninth annual yeah. fundraiser <laughs> event. Thank you for that work, church. Thank you for your work. Thank you for your support in our ministries and our sister ministries, like under his construction and frontline resurrection, for always supporting them and supporting us to help support them as well. We thank you so very much, mm -hmm. church. That's just one of the ways that you and I are making such an impact. But today, church, I want to talk to you. Chris and I want to talk to you about how else we can make an impact, and that is getting involved. That's right, right. big time. So, guys, um, uh, earlier this morning, um, I was, I just want to mention it again, but, uh, there's a need in every single church, especially this one, um, for, uh, different ministries and different, uh, departments that need hands and feet to do the work of Jesus. Now, some things that you're, you might be good at, Pastor Mike sucks at, and some things that I just suck at, he's really good at. It's just the truth. I mean, don't get me singing up here. Like, there's some things that only God has gifted you to do. Amen? And God wants to use that. Um, I was even thinking on the way over here, there's some people that might even be, oh, well, they're a little bit older. That's for young people. That's for people younger than me. That's exactly what they're thinking. But church, the importance of being a volunteer. I want you guys to get the importance of volunteering in so many of our departments. Church... The importance of just getting involved, right? And that's what we want to talk about today, just getting involved. Each one of you has a gifting that we can use, right? Mm -hmm. And the one thing that every single volunteer, that from the front door all the way to this platform, the common denominator is every single one of the volunteers just said one word. Yes. That's right. They said yes, right? And behind me on the screen, you're going to see just some of those departments that we are in desperate need of volunteers, and you say, hey, maybe that's something I want to get involved in. Well, that's awesome. Let's find out where your gifting is because I promise you, you might not want me working with the kids because my patience <laughs> right, is here. But that's not my gifting. My gifting is here, right? Uh, and every week you see, like right now, you, you can understand, right now we have no one at the connections table, right? We have, but you walk in every Sunday and you, you know that you're going to expect Brother Dave to, to tell you hi Every or single time to show you to your seat and help you with this and help you with that. And guess what, family? 
they have families as well that they want to sit in service with That's in our department, in our children's department, in our youth department. And so church, we want you guys to get involved. And if the Lord has been pushing you and saying, hey, get involved, get involved, get a little more involved, right? Because we all get involved, right? When we, when we give our tithe and when we, and when we talk about the involvement of what you and I are doing in the community, we are all involved. But boots on the ground here is so important as well. And I want to yes. challenge every single one of you within the sound of my voice to take that next step and say, hey, I've been here for X amount of time. I think it might be time for me to get involved. If the Lord has put just that little bit of a seed into your heart, I hope it starts today. Yes. Because the importance, I mean, we're talking, That's right. um, you don't have to be gifted in a certain area. You just have to say Yes. Mm-hmm. You just have to say, yes, yes, I want to get involved. For instance, uh, our sound guy, right, our sound technician, Hector, uh, you see him ar- running around here all the time with his iPad and kind of going back and forth. He runs our streaming audio simultaneously as well. And he, he'd never run sound before. And all he said was yes. Amen. And now, doesn't, doesn't Hector do just an amazing job here in the house? Yeah. And when you're watching from home... If you've ever watched the stream or maybe listened back to it on our YouTube channel, church, you just have to say yes. That's all you have to do in a willing heart to learn, willingness to learn. And so behind me, like I said, you'll see just a few of our ministries that are definitely in need, like our children's department, security, greeters, ushers, under our worship umbrella, we're talking technology. So church, I want to just encourage you to get Involved And thank you so much for being involved. For those that are involved, and we thank you so very much for your dedication, your constant dedication. We say thank you, thank you, thank you. And in the next coming weeks, you're going to meet some of those people that are involved in these ministries that are outlined here and so many others. And how they got involved. And I'm telling you, church, the common denominator is that they saw that there was a need. And they said... Yes. yes, I will help, right. right? Yes, I'll help. Show me how to do this. Show me how to, maybe you're good at it out there in the corporate world and it's done a little bit different here. Show me how to do that. Church, get involved, get involved, get involved. And we thank you. The way to get involved, there's that QR code that's behind me that says join our team. You want to join our team? If you, we just, you just want to explore it and say, sure, if there's a need, I'll help. Just tell me where. Point your camera to this QR code, click that link that pops up, and you'll be in contact with our team immediately. And so when the next couple of days, we'll get in touch with you, and we'll, we'll talk to you, we'll have a meeting, we'll say, hey, where are you gifting that? And together, we'll come to a place where we say, I think you're a good fit here. Like I mentioned, Pastor Michael, there's a reason why you're in the sound booth during VBS and not teaching VBS, right? It's just not my gifting. Some of you are so gifted with children, and... It's just not my gifting. I'm thankful that I'm gifted where I'm at. And so church, I would love for you to get involved and see so many of your faces out in, in the classrooms with the kids and the other ministries. And we thank you once yeah. again, that QR code. And speaking of that QR code, you can use it as well uh, for your tithe and everything else. Maybe, maybe you want to check out what's going on. Um, for instance, Sisterhood, right? Sisterhood, the ladies of the church, they're hosting a movie night. On the 18th, right? Where's yeah. it going to be at first? It's going to be here at 6.30. Doors open at 6.30, but it's going to start at 7. You guys, uh, the ladies are going to be watching uh, War Room. That's a very, very, very yeah. prayerful, full, uh, filled movie. And so we want to encourage you, you know, if you look, 
into those events in the, that app that we're talking about where you can register for so many events, the men's retreat, you can find out all the, all the announcements we have. Like we, had our food, we have our food distribution coming up this Friday. You'll find out a little bit more about all that and how you can get involved. Even in that capacity, church, our church app is where it's at to stay connected into the lifeblood of this church. So I encourage you, please download that link that's behind me for your tithing, for the events, for registrations. Maybe you want to register to be baptized next month or mm -hmm. child dedications. Church, get involved. Even in the, in, the, in the smallest way, I want you to get involved. Yes. Get involved. So thank you for that, church. And if you have not been able to set up your tithes, uh, we encourage you to do it via the app as well. Because we couldn't do all of these ministries that we're talking about without your faithfulness and your obedience. More, more so than anything, the Bible tells us that the Lord really honors obedience over sacrifice yeah obedience over sacrifice and we thank you for your obedience in the tithe and then always going above and beyond it for the impact that you are going to make you and i are making to a lost and dying world through the love of jesus amen. amen and if you haven't done so you can do that or you can drop off your tithe at one of our tithing boxes at the doorways of the sanctuary amen that's right thank you amen. church so much and i want to turn it over to pastor richard awesome thank you church I'm almost getting up the stairs by myself. My hip's almost there. Almost there. I want to thank Bishop, who helps me all the time. He's able to still walk up the steps, but he's getting slower because it's his birthday today. Happy birthday, brother. He's a viejito. <laughs> For those that don't understand, viejito means an oldie. Oldie but goodie. Hey, guys, uh, you know what? We have youth. I'm going to keep you here today. Uh, so I'm, I'm telling you, it's going to be worth every minute. Last night, we had an amazing time. And Ken Kington came to us here to help us on our ninth annual fundraiser for UHC under his construction recovery ministries. And... My goodness, we laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed. We went home and were laughing again because he, I thought he had a microphone and a camera at our house. He was talking about marriage and he was talking about relationships. But today he's going to take a different shift. It's not really funny what he's going to be sharing, yet there's a lot of humor involved. But it's a powerful message of God's miraculous healing touch. And many of us need a miracle in our life. Amen? How many of you need a miracle? Yeah, I'm telling you, today's your day to believe and to really see. The Bible says in, in uh, the book of Proverbs 17, 22, that, that a cheerful heart is good medicine. But what it says, but a broken spirit saps a person's strength. And that's why some people are just so depleted because... You have, you're just battling depression. Man, Ken has been married 28 years, and I'm glad uh, his wife allowed him to be here yesterday because yesterday was his 28th wedding anniversary, and he spent it here in New Mexico instead of in Atlanta, Georgia, where he's from. But he has followed many. He's done amazing things. God is using him mightily, if, you, if any of you are followers of, uh, of, of Dry Bar Comedy, he's on there. 
He's done uh, specials. Anyway, I don't want to take more of his time, but would you please welcome my brother, my friend, Ken Kington. Hey, brother. Great to see you again, my friend. You got a hip and I got a heart. All right. It is a joy. Let me see a quick show of hands. How many of you were here last night? Raise your hands. Raise your hands if you were not here last night. Raise your hands if you don't know what's going on whatsoever. So, okay. Uh, It is a joy to be with you guys today. And I'm going to start out basically with the same concept as I did last night. How many of you remember where you were six years, nine months, and two days ago? Probably don't even know what that date was, right? Well, for me, I'll never forget it because that day in November, six years, nine months, and two days ago, my heart physically stopped for over two hours, and I'm still here. And uh, yes, that's, that's awesome. But what I learned in that process and the days followed changed everything. So I love what Pastor just said. If you're in a need of a miracle or you need something today, that you're just like, man, if I, could, if I could snap my fingers right now and change one part of your life, I want you to get in your mind, what would that be? Because what I'm going to share with you today is what I learned through that process that has let me see these three gifts. God has given an opportunity for all of us to have them and to open them. And when we're actively using these gifts, and every one of us can, that's when and how those miracles, those transformations happen. Now, I've got to take you back a couple weeks before that day to let you kind of know what was going on. When I tour, and uh, I'm on tour for three or four days at a time, and I go back to back, I just feel run down a little bit. That's normal. But the problem was I was feeling that fatigue and that run down, and I hadn't been working. I hadn't been on the road a ton. So we're at dinner with one of our friends, one of my buddies and his wife, and he's my doctor. And I said, Ryan, is there any way I just, I'm feeling run down. I can't put my finger on it. And will you just run some tests and tell me I'm getting old? And he said, yeah, come on by the office. So I went by the office. He ran tests and he goes, you're old. That's what it is. And I was like, okay, thank you. He says, but there's this one test and it's a calcification scan. And you got to have 10 qualifications to qualify to get this. And you don't have any of them. But if you want to, I'll prescribe that and you can get this test. And I said, will you do that? Because I just want a piece of paper that says that it's just who I am, it's what I am, what's going on. So fast forward, I take the test, and I'm about to walk on stage in Birmingham, Alabama to do a show. It's five minutes before curtain, and I get a call. And it's my buddy Ron. I said, hey, man, what's up? And he goes, hey, you doing okay? You got a minute? And I said, well, I got about three minutes because I'm about to walk on stage. Sold out show, excited about it. And he goes, hey, I got your test results back. I said, oh, okay. He says, you want me to to, to give them to you? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. He said, okay, you remember how I told you zero to 20 is the range. Zero to seven is good. Eight to to 13 is caution, but 14 to 20, um, it's not good. You need to see a cardiologist. I was like, okay, well, let me guess. Mine must have been 19 or 20. And he goes, no. And I thought, oh, good. And then he finished. He said, no, yours was 697. And I'm like, so I'm dead and I don't know it? What do, what do you mean? And he goes, no. He said, uh, I don't know. I've never seen any number like that, which would be echoed by the cardiologist and the surgeon later on. But he said, uh, you want me to read you the comments 
Now, you got to understand, I'm about to walk on stage to do an hour show. And he said the comments were, this heart is in the bottom 2% of all hearts. A cardiac episode is imminent. Now, try to go be funny after that, right? So I do my show. I get on the tour bus, and the tour manager comes. He goes, man, you okay? And I'm like, man, I'm just, I just got some really crappy news. And so I go see a cardiologist. Um, <laughs> I, love, I love this. Um, he texts me the cardiologist. Uh, name, and, and he says it, it was actually Dr. Menino, but it autocorrected Dr. Nemo, and I thought, like, I'm going to see a fish? What is this about? But I, I, I go see Dr. Dr. Minion, and he's, he's sitting there, and he's like, man, I, I've never seen any numbers like this before. He says, if you have elevated numbers, you should be 500 pounds, be an alcoholic, and, 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 and be just totally a chain smoker, and I'm like, and yet I'm not. And he looked, and then he insulted me. He goes, yeah, you look like you might work out. And I was like, what do you mean might work out? I work out five days a week. And he goes, I'm kidding. He says, we need to run some more tests. Let's do a stress test with an echo. I'm like, all right. So he schedules it. I go in. And uh, so I get on the treadmill, get my heart rate up a little bit, took a minute. And then I'm supposed to just lay down like, okay, as soon as you get a heart rate up, we're going to have you lay down. We're going to do an echo, which is like a sonogram of your heart. So I get my heart rate up, I lay down, and I'm laying, I'm just like this. And, and the lady says, okay, just need to relax. And I'm like, okay. And I'm laying there. She goes, okay, okay, just you, relax. And I was like, I am. And she goes, okay, on a scale from 1 to 10, 10 being the lowest, 10, I'm sorry, 10 being the highest, 1 the lowest, what is your pain level right now? And I said, zero. She goes, that's not possible. And I'm like, do I look like I'm lying? And she goes, well, you, you got to relax. I'm like, I was till you keep on talking like that. And so she gives me a bottle of water, goes to get the doctor. They take me to another room, and this one nurse comes by. And I'm sitting in this room by myself. This room, nurse comes by, and she goes, uh, huh. And then she walks by and looks back. She goes, oh, man, I, I, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. She goes, they're running around here like you're about to die. And I'm like, okay. And so the doctor comes in, shows me the screen, the echo of my heart on screen. And I'm not a doctor, but it looked, it looked horrible. I mean, my heart was in this convulsion, and he said, Ken, there is something very wrong with your heart. And we need to do something to, con- to figure this out. We need to do it very soon. I said, how soon? He goes, well, what are you doing tomorrow? I said, what are you doing tomorrow? And he said, well, I'm going to be at the hospital around 930. And I said, I'll be there at 9 o'clock. And uh, they prep me. They take me in. They put me under a little calf into my wrist went into my heart, and he woke me up about 20 minutes into that, and he says, man, I'm really sorry. There is nothing I can do. I said, there's nothing you need to do or nothing you can do? And he says, there's nothing I can do. He said, your heart is so blocked. He says, we're moving you immediately to the CCU. You're, gonna, you're on an emergency list to get an open heart surgery. And I'm like, what? The cardiologist would tell my wife that night, all four of my major arteries on my heart, he said, all four of them are over 99% blocked. Now, I don't know if you're good with math or not. There's not a lot left after 99%. And uh, the 697, and with those numbers, some of you are looking concerned, so I'm going to go ahead and spoil the ending for you. I made it. Okay, so we're all right. But I'm going to tell you what I learned through this process. 
and moving forward from it changed everything. And I discovered three gifts that if we're facing crisis or turmoil or or overwhelmed and we don't understand, these are the three gifts. God says, here they are, use them, and you will start experiencing me. But we have to seek him in it. The first one is prayer. Very simply, praying. I'm going to give you my favorite prayer. You can write it down if you want. God, help. That's it. If we pray that earnestly, I'm telling you, God shows up. And whatever it is, he knows it better than we do, and he shows up. My wife sent out a blast through social media. Please pray for Ken. He's having open-heart surgery as soon as they can get him in. Hundreds of people flooded in and say, I'm praying for you. Now, I'm going to tell you, when you're facing life's end, you kind of lose all political correctness. I had, I had all these people praying. I said, thank you. Couldn't answer them all, but there were five people. I remember five. I answered all five of them. They said, hey, we're thinking about you. I said, well, you can think about me later. Go ahead and pray for me now, all right? I don't want to stand in front of Jesus and him go, oh, yeah, sorry, nobody asked. You know, I didn't want that experience. Pray for me now. Can I tell you, I saw firsthand the power of prayer through this. When I first got that number, 697, I was filling in for our pastor at church, and I just said, listen, God is real where we are most uncomfortable, most worried, and most. And and he says, listen, here's the deal. And pray and connect with him. I said, I've just got this horrible result. It's about my heart, and I have no resolution. I'm going to ask you to pray for me. And my motive was really it's based on one of the verses somebody sent me, 1 Peter 3.12. It says, for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ear is attentive to their prayers. He's saying, pray. I'm I'm listening. Pray. God wants that interaction with us. And I asked them to pray, and I believe with all my heart, my genetically crappy heart, that God answered that prayer because I'll never forget meeting the thoracic surgeon two weeks post-surgery, and he said, Ken, I've never done this before, but we've got you cracked open. And I stopped. And I looked at my team, and he said, why is that heart beating? He said, I've never seen a heart where all the arteries were closed, and it's still beating. And he said, there's no reason you should be alive. He said, I'm looking at that, and I said, why is it beating? Why are you? He you He said, you need to treat every day like it's a bonus, because for you, it is. You should have had a heart attack six, eight months ago, and you would not have survived. And it's, it's not ironic and not a coincidence, but when COVID hit, I had prayed almost this. I'm like, Lord, my calendar just disappeared for the next year. What do you want me to do at this time? Before I even had that prayer, God had answered. He's like, you need to write the story. You need to write all the details. Get them down. And I did. And the title is actually from that surgeon. Every day is a bonus. It's discovering the three greatest gifts in life, of which prayer is one of the major ones. And in that prayer, I remember people praying for me, and I remember people sending me verses. This is one of my favorite verses in Isaiah 65, 24. Before they call, I will answer. When they are still speaking, I hear. God is in the moment with us. And I'm telling you, that prayer works. I don't understand all the dynamics. I don't know how 
and why God answers what, what, but I know he does. I was told right before the surgery, Ken, we're going to do this. We, we feel good about it. He said, when you come out, you're going to be in ICU or CCU for three to five days. And once you hit certain markers, we'll move you to a regular room for another three to five days. So for six to ten days, I'm going to be in recovery. I came out first day out of open heart, quadruple bypass open heart surgery. The doctor came in and, and she's just shaking her head. She said, I, I don't understand this. We have, I've never seen, there's markers. You're the markers where people are two to three weeks after surgery. We're, we're moving you to a regular room today. And I'm like, wow. Oh, but it gets better. Day two, she comes back in and she said, everything is tested again. It's not a mistake. And we got one more, we're waiting on one more result. It looks like you're going home in the morning. And I said, well, um, I appreciate that. I want to go home, but I've never had this before. I'm willing to hang out for a few days. Uh, I don't want to get home and go, it stopped. You know, I just, and she said, no. She says, you're going to be fine. Two and a half days after emergency quadruple bypass open heart surgery, I walked out of the hospital. Now that is an answer. And I've had thoracic surgeons in the audience where I share that story, and they're like, you, you were kidding about that two and a half days, right? And I was like, no. I said, I was home before kickoff that Sunday morning. I was there by 1 o'clock, already had lunch, and sitting in front of the TV, and he's like, I've never heard of that. I'm like, I know. That's the power when God chooses to release it that's going to happen sometime. Now, I don't know how and why, but I'm going to tell you, he does. The second one, the second gift that we need to be opening is that of truth. Truth, God's word. I ask through social media, send me any verses you think apply. I had 30 people send me over 50 verses. I read every one of them, and I read them multiple times. And I'm going to tell you, the truth washing over me had an effect that I can't accurately put into words. One of my favorite was in 1 Peter 5, 7. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. God is in the middle of it. And when we take that to heart and say, you know what? I'm going to pray and I'm going to pray your truth. God, something amazing happens. I'll never forget letting those verses wash over me. It was sunrise the day I'm supposed to go into surgery at 2 o'clock. And I remember just those verses and praying, God, you know what? I Thank you. Thank you that they caught it. Thank you that it happened to me and not one of my family. And Lord, thank you for your truth that I can trust it. I'm casting this on you because I trust you. And I'll never forget Dr. Myung coming into the, uh, into the room. I had not met him. My wife met him the night before. And he said, I'm Dr. Myung, and I said, nice to meet you. It's, it's good to see you. He goes, hi, very sheepish. How, how are you doing? And I said, well, you know better than I do how I'm doing. I said, the real question, though, Dr. Myung, today is how are you doing? Because I need you bringing your A game today. And he goes, oh, I got my A game. And I was like, all right. I said, I thought you had some. He said, are you ready to go? I said, it's only 10 o'clock. Uh, I thought you had some other procedure." And he just smiled and he goes, no, those were just warm up. This is the main event. That's why I'm here today. And I'm like, all right. 
let's go. And I kissed my wife for what could be the last time. And I remember, I realized as we're rolling down the hall, the next face I see, I'm about to go to sleep, and the next face I see is going to be Heather or Jesus. And that's a moment. And I'm praying, and I love the way God will, as we pray and as we put his truth in our mind, he brings the reality of that together. I said, Lord, I thank you that it, it happened to me, not my family. Thank you that, the, that I have this opportunity. But, Lord, I, I just want you to know I'd love to see my wife again. I'd like to see my kids. I'd like to see them get married, graduate, maybe even one day be a grandfather. But, Lord, I want to see you too. And I feel like I can't lose. And he brought this verse to my mind, which is one of the ones somebody had sent me. It's in Philippians 1.21, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. I was like, Lord, I can't lose. I can't lose. And I remember they're wheeling me in. I'm on the table, and the anesthetist said, Mr. Ken, uh, looks like we're ready. Are you ready? And I said, I am. And can I tell you, there was a survey a couple years ago that one out of one people at some point in their life die. I think it's true. Let that settle in for a minute. But I'm going to tell you, I had a unique opportunity that mine had a deadline on it. And I had a choice. And I'm going to tell you, in that moment, I had what can only be described as perfect peace. I can't lose. Lord, I totally trust you, and you're going to do whatever's best. He has since given me the desires of my heart. My daughter graduated high school. I got to perform my oldest son's wedding a year and a half ago. And I just, man, it's just, it's that much more precious. But I'll never forget going through that. I shared the story one time. This college student came up afterwards, and she said, I don't mean to be offensive, but I have a problem with your story. And I said, do tell. I wasn't offended. She goes, you make it sound like if you get enough people praying for you, then it just, everything works out and God gives you what you want. And I said, you, you missed it. You missed the timing. She goes, what do you mean? I said, I had perfect peace. I cannot describe it accurately other than I could be sitting on a beach with an iced tea watching a sunset, and I could not have been more calm than about to be put under for what could be the last time. But I had that peace before anything was worked out. I still had a crappy heart, and I shouldn't be alive. And I had perfect peace. Only God can give that. And he offers it to us not when we're fixed, Physically, I was not fixed, not when I had my life cleaned up, not when everything was perfect. I had that perfect peace because I had it with that point in my life when I was 13, said, God, I know I'm not perfect. Please come into my life. And he says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and God raised him from the dead, you will. He says, I stand at the door and knock. If you open that door, I will come in. And I had done that, and it, I, this was just a culmination of that. And he says, Mr. Kington, are you ready? I said, I am. I closed my eyes, and what seemed like five minutes was actually almost six hours. During that time, my heart was stopped for almost two and a half hours on bypass. And I'll never forget, I'm laying. It seemed like five minutes, and it was deafeningly quiet. And I realized, I'm awake. And have you ever 
had a light where your eyes are closed, but somebody turns on a light and you squint even though your eyes are already closed. It was so bright, I could not open my eyes. And it was deafeningly quiet, and I started to laugh. And I'm like, I wonder which one it is. And I started to squint, and I got my eyes just a little open, and I saw these silhouettes of people. And I'm squinting, trying to see, and the sound starts to come back. And the first face I saw, there was Heather, my wife. And I went, I wanted to say, hey, it looks like I made it. And I couldn't talk because I was still innovated. And I went. And she came over and kissed me on the head, and they're wheeling me down to recovery. And I'm laughing. Even being intimate, I'm laughing. I know they thought it was anesthesia. It was not. I was completely coherent. And I was praying. I'm like, Lord, you could have really messed with me right there. I could have woke up five minutes before, and there's some bearded medical tech over me going, hey, are you okay? You all right? I, I, I literally, I'd be like, Moses? No? <laughs> Peter, which one are you? You know, I just... And I'm just dying laughing. And can I tell you since this time, as I've prayed and I just sensed his word and gotten into it every day during recovery, I would read a chapter of the Bible. Usually one of the verses they gave me, I read it. Every week I try to memorize one verse from a chapter. And I'm not a good memorizer. But I find if I take one verse that applies to something I'm going through, I read it out loud before lunch, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I just read it out loud, and I try to remember, by Wednesday, I've got it memorized. And having that truth in my mind and that connection to God to pray, it just makes a difference. But in that moment, in recovery, I'm telling you, I've heard God's voice. And if you have, if you've never heard it, it's not audible, but it's in your spirit, and it sounds just like his truth. And, and I'm laying there, and, and they're, they're trying to tell me what's next. It's like, Kenny, it went great. You're doing good. We're going to try to get you up here in a little while, but... Um, we don't want you to panic, but now anytime you hear, we don't want you to panic, but from a medical person, they're about to tell you something to panic about, okay? I'm sitting there and they say, we want you to panic, but you're on bypass for a very long time. You will have some level of memory loss. And I panic. I'm in full panic mode. I'm like, Lord, I did. Okay, my wife's name is Heather, and I remember her face and my kids, and <coughs> here's my address, and I'm spinning in panic. And here's how I know God's got a sense of humor. I pray, I'm like, Lord, I wish they would have told me this before the surgery, and I heard his still, small voice. Well, maybe they did, and you just don't remember. And I started laughing. I'm like, Lord, you got this. And here's the incredible, precious part. As we're reading truth, and I was going back. I'm sitting in my basement. We've got a nice couch and a recliner down there and a TV and a little kitchen. And I'm just recovering so that I'm not going to bother the family. And they're down there all the time. But, and I'm sitting in this chair, and I'm reading one, and I'm trying to think, okay, where was that anxiety verse about being anxious? And it's First Peter, but... I'm trying to find it, and I come across Philippians, chapter 4, verses six to 5 through 7. And I'm not going to put it on the screen, but I want you to listen to it the way it came to me. As I'm reading, I'm sitting in my chair. I've done my breathing exercises. I've done the walking, and this is what I read. Do not be anxious about anything. 
But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, and God took my mind in that moment as I'm reading this, took me back to laying on that gurney going into surgery. He's like, Ken, that's what you were doing. You were thanking me. You were were petitioning, and you were praying. And I'm like, I was. And that still small voice said, keep reading. And I did, and it said, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding. And I'm like, Lord, I had that. That's what you gave me. And I just, I, I could almost see in my spirit God smiling going, I know. Don't miss the next part. I was like, what? And the peace was past his understanding. And I just started to weep. We'll guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. And I don't know how long, but I just wept with a smile on my face going, Lord, you, that's what you did. That's what you do. And Lord, thank you. And I see this truth coming off the page at me. And I got to tell you, I'm just so thankful for it. And that's a gift that if we will open this and we will let it go through us and ask the question, I know it's true, but is it true of you and me? And just let that word saturate and be honest in prayer. God help in this area. Just draw near to him and he will draw near to you. I don't know if you know God's phone number, but it's Jeremiah 33.3. He says, call to me and I will answer. And I will tell you great and mighty things that you don't know. But it's up to us. And I'm learning this phrase. I wish I could tell you the whole story. I'll do it another time. But I've discovered this. Those who seek him, see him. And it happens over and over. These two gifts. And you may be like me. You're like, I know this. I know I can pray. I know the truth. But, I'm busy, but, I, I don't think of it, whatever the but, lose the but, and say, here's, here's what it is, because there's a third that I love, and this gift of people, people, we weren't meant to do this alone. I love this verse, somebody shared it with me in one of my verses, it was Galatians 6.2, bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. It's, it's the foundation, it's the principle that I... I'm supposed to be a part of both giving and receiving. I love the verse where Jesus says, if you do it to the least of these, you've done it unto me. And I so loved last night, under his construction, coming alongside the least of these and saying, you have meaning, and I just love that. But what I didn't realize until this experience, every one of us, at some point in life, in some category of life. It may be financial, it may be emotional, relational, physical, but every one of us is going to be the least of these at some point. And and we're not going to make it without each other. God says, you seek me, and I'm going to surround you, and I'm going to use you. People are everything. I want to give you just a couple examples. I want to encourage you to grab a book afterwards. These and I'll give you the quick spin on it. It's just they're they're thirteen bucks on Amazon. They're ten dollars today, or they're free. 
and I'm not exaggerating. Free is simply this. You take one free, and you read it. And it's going to be one of the easiest books you ever read. And you're going to have something that sticks out, and you're going to highlight that. And when you're finished reading it, and you've highlighted something, you pray and simply say, God, will you bring somebody across my path that's going through something tough so I can give it to them? And you give it to them free. And, and here's the deal. God's going to work out all the other expenses or whatever. But I'm telling you, when we do that, and we're a part of other people's lives, it changes everything. I want to give you a couple quick examples, though. I'm laying in the hospital. They said, do you have an advanced directive? Which basically means if it doesn't go well, they can pull a plug or whatever. I said, I do. Have you got your affairs in order? I'm like, I do. And we'd work through all that. But I'm sitting there by myself for about 10, 15 minutes. Everybody had left. And, and I'm like, Lord, I've just got to, I'm going to be honest. This was supposed to be the best month work-wise of my 30-year career. And I'm a little bummed. And this one, one event came up. It was a corporate event I'd worked on for two years. And it was going to make my month and really a couple months. It was just a great event. And I'm like, Lord, that's just, I just see it's gone. All that work, that pay, it's gone. Within 20 seconds, that amount was in my mind. That date was on my mind. My wife walks in and she goes, wow. She said, did you see the doctor? I said, yeah. She goes, somebody set up a GoFundMe for you. And I'm like, what's a GoFundMe? And she goes, no, fund, fund. And I'm like, what is that? She goes, well, it's just somebody set it up so that people could donate to help with lost wages or what insurance doesn't cover or whatever. I'm like, really? And she said, yeah, look at this. And it was a page. The first gift was the exact amount of that corporate event that I was not going to get to do. Exact amount. I say that to simply say, God went, stop. I got this. I'm with you. And I literally just let go. I cast that anxiety on him. And it's those who came beside me. It was my buddy Dan. That night, the night before the surgery, Dan came in, and my wife was, <coughs> excuse me, she was just really wigged out. She says, I got to get home to the kids. I don't want to leave you alone. And I was like, go, oh, it's not a big deal. Just then my buddy, Dan. I'll call him Dan because that's his name. <laughs> and uh, Dan comes in. He goes, hey, how we doing? And she goes, <coughs> excuse me. She said, can you sit with him just for an hour or two? He goes, no, I'm here all night if he needs it. And uh, God just knows the type of people. You know, Dan's one of my buddies. We cut up with each other all the time. <laughs> and what he said, just made, I needed it. It made me laugh. <laughs> Excuse me. <coughs> he said, um, are they going to let you eat? I said, yeah, till midnight. And he, and he slipped. He wasn't thinking. He says, what do you want for your last? Uh, <coughs> I said, for my last meal? And he goes, yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I didn't think. And <laughs> I needed that kind of a friend. But I'm going to tell you, we're there to bear one another's burdens. God says to bear our own load, which is our everyday. But when it goes bigger, when it's a burden, when it's something we can't do on our own, we're meant to carry that for each other. <laughs> it was my wife, my wife who sat in the room with me. 
and said, hey, I'm going to go through. So to get out of the hospital, you got to go through a, uh, a, a class on breathing and exercising and all that. And I remember sitting in that class and my wife's next to me and three other people or four other people and their caretakers and the lady's doing a little class. And she pauses and she points right at me. She goes, are, are you okay? I said, yeah, I'm just taking notes. And she goes, not you, her. And there's my wife right next to me. Now, you got to understand, I was, I'm going to justify this. I was not comfortable. I just had my chest sawed open and put back together. And I'll never forget, they give you a little pillow, a heart-shaped pillow, squeeze, squeeze. If you're on discomfort, squeeze. And I'm like, yeah, right. And that works unless you sneeze. And then it's like, oh. And I, I'll never forget her sitting there, and I'm discomforted. And she, I'm like, oh, thank you so much. I'm like, what is the deal? What, what's up with you? You don't have to do any of this. And I didn't say it, but I'm sure it was on my face. But I get a little bit of grace. And so she, she's like, no, I'm fine. It's okay. She went back, started to speak again. And I'll never forget my wife. She paused again. She goes, are you sure you're okay? I'm like, I'm fine. She goes, no, her. There's a tear coming out of one side of her eye. And I remember just being miffed. I'm like, you don't have to do any of this. And God thumped me on the side of the head. He's like, hey, moron, this is what empathy looks like. She is feeling it. Everything you're about to go through, she's feeling it right now. And I was just like, oh, that's what it's like. And God just continued to teach me these lessons of what people are. My favorite, excuse me. <coughs> My favorite, though, was, I don't know if you've been in the hospital before. They tell you right afterwards, you know, I just get rest. You need rest. You got to rest. Every chance you get rest, go ahead and sleep as much as you can. Let your body heal. You got to let it heal. You got to sleep. You got to rest. <coughs> you know what the last thing they let you do in a hospital is? I ended up counting from midnight till 7 in the morning. 14 people came into my room. I didn't sleep for more than 15 minutes at a time. This one lady came in to weigh me. I'm like, I am not an infant. <laughs> the maternity wards, and why do you have to do that at 3 in the morning? You know, just frustrated. And I know these nurses, they have a schedule, and they got all these questions they got to ask, and the, the critical uh, signs, the, the vital signs they got to put in. And the last two questions on the, the computer screen is, is there anything else you need? Is there anything else I can do? Because I know, because everyone amassed it. The second night, my nurse came in. I think he's former military, very to the point. He says, hey, <laughs> figured everything out. He says, is there anything else you need? Is there anything else I can do? I said, Bob, how'd you like to be my favorite nurse of all time? And he turned around and he went, okay. He said, what do you need? And I said, two hours. He goes, what do you mean? I said, I would love to sleep for two hours, uninterrupted. And he goes, why wouldn't you sleep for two hours? And I told him about the night before and explained it all. I said, is there any way <coughs> you can get that parade of people to come in here, do whatever they got to do, then leave me alone? And he said, sure. 
and he walked away. I thought, we'll see how this works out. Less than 10 minutes later, he brings every one of those people in. And they do like a NASCAR pit crew. They're doing everything. And and they all leave after about 10 minutes. And he's, he's at the door. He said, would you like the light on or off? I said, off would be fantastic. He turned it off. Three hours later, he came in. He said, listen, I got to do vital signs. I'll be in and out in five minutes or less. And he does it, and he leaves. He says, light on or off? I said, off would be great. I went back to sleep. Three and a half hours later, he came back. He says, listen, so sorry to bother you, but we got to start rounds. I said, Bob, thank you. I said, I feel like a different human being. I feel so much better. And see, here's the deal. That hospital is an incredible hospital. They have one of the top thoracic surgical teams in the world. They have great care. But here's the deal. As believers, we're not meant to create a great, caring environment. And what happened that night is Bob went from providing care to caring. And there's a big difference. Yes. What I experienced was that that change. Now, with that, I just want to wrap up with, with this simple I guess, model, if you will. If you're not experiencing peace, hope, and joy in any area, ask the question, which of these three gifts am I not opening, am I not employing? Prayer, to be honest with God. And I started writing this out in a journal. I start out with the truth. Lord, here's the truth. I read my one chapter. I memorize my one verse. Start with truth. (coughs) Excuse me. Then I go into what I call we. What is on my mind or what am I worried about? Third, what am I excited about? What's coming up that I'm looking forward to? And then after that, I added, God laid on my heart, what did you enjoy yesterday? Get focused on what I have done. And then finally, thank. God, thank you for this, your truth, whatever. Thank you for it. I was in my basement after about a week or two, And I noticed, that spells a word. Do you know what that word is? Tweet. Did you know you can tweet God? Did you know that? I just go through that every day now. Sometimes in order, sometimes not. But like, you know what, Lord? I want your truth. I want prayer. And thank you for people. Are you plugged in? I love what Chris shared earlier, Chris and Mike. We're meant to do this together. And if I'm not plugged into a small group or plugged into serving somewhere, I'm missing it. So I would just encourage you, take that and say, Lord, what's missing? (coughs) Excuse me, I'm getting over a cold and it got to me off all of a sudden. I want to pray for us. I'm going to have the pastor come up and just say, you know what? Lord, show me any part of that that is not actively in my life. And if you don't know God personally, It's not cleaning up and getting there. It's simply saying, God, help. I want you in my life. I open the door. Help. And he's there. Pray with me. Father, thank you so much. Thank you for your truth. Thank you for this communication called prayer that we have. And thank you for designing it that we need one another. Lord, we we acknowledge and believe that. Help us to live in and experience it. Because you say you draw near to those who draw near to you. Help us seek you. 
so that we can see you. In the name of Jesus and the power that raised him from the dead that lives in us who believe, I pray. Amen. Thanks for letting me share this morning. Thank you so much, Ken. Thank you for your transparency. Listen, right now I know that there's some of you going like, man, why can't that happen to me? Why hasn't that happened to me? I know some of you in this room are going through some challenging times, some with your health, some with any situation. I just want you to know that we want to pray with you. We really believe the truth that our God loves us and our God cares. Our God wants to heal us. He wants to restore us. We really believe in the power of prayer. That's why we pray. And there's people here that want to do that with you. So if you're part of our prayer team, can you come up real quick so you can pray with people? And I don't know if any one of you prayed that prayer of salvation with Ken. But if you did and you have never prayed to receive Christ and you want to do that, or if you did pray that, make your way up. Come over here with Pastor Eddie. He's the guy with the white hair and the beard and he's got a Bible and some material he'd love to give you. But some of you are going through some challenging times because you've talked to me. Some of you are wondering, how long am I going to live? How am I going to do this? We've been praying for certain people. We're praying today for Fred Griego, who has really been battling and going through some heavy-duty stuff. And Fred, I know you're in the hospital right now, and you and Maxine are watching, and we love you, and we're praying for you, and going to believe that God's going to just get you out of there real quick. There's a yet another young man in our church that fell off of his roof, broke his back, and he hasn't been able to move from the waist down. They don't know if he's permanently paralyzed or not. They did surgery. But Curtis, we're believing you and Rhonda are going to get through this. We love you. I don't know what you might be challenged with right now. I don't know what you're going through. It might have nothing to do with your health. It might be your marriage. Or you're just trying to get over a broken heart. A broken heart of losing a loved one. It might be a real challenge you're facing. But whatever it might be, make your way up right now. So would you stand with us as we close in prayer, as we sing this song? But if you need prayer, please make your way up. Feel free to come up. We want to pray with you. We want to stand with we, with you and let you know that we love you and God cares. Oh, my words for sure. I've got nothing new. How could I express?
Aleluya, aleluya, aleluya. 
We give you glory and praise and honor, Lord God, because you are magnificent. Father, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you've done. Father God, I just pray, Lord, that everyone crying out to you, Lord, whether they came up here or not, I pray that, Lord, you meet every need today in the name of Jesus. Give peace, peace of heart and peace of mind in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Hey, Barbara, I don't know if they still have the QR code for Ken Kington. Um, If you want to get a hold of Ken, he's going to be out in the lobby. But there's a QR code we had last night. And uh, if they could pull that up, they're trying to. But you can follow him on Facebook. He's on YouTube. He's got some specials. This guy is absolutely hilarious. And that way you can, in the leisure of your home, there it is now. Just point your your camera. You it'll take you right to the website, and then you could go from there. We love you, church. We'll see you Wednesday night, seven o'clock. God bless you.